KUVU 96.5 FM. We are now on Verbal Radio. Today is Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. And today we are have here in the studio with us one of the members of the board of directors of SMUD, Mr. Dave Tamayo himself. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Could you uh, do me one favor before we begin? Could you tell us all what SMUD stands for? Oh, SMUD stands for Sacramento Municipal Utility District. Sacramento Municipal SMUD. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually first met you uh, when um, SMUD had sponsored in, in, in unison with uh, different organizations, um, a group of Sacramento County students to go see the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie um, and run it out theaters, got them popcorn, got them... Uh, sodas they got to bring their friends and their parents at no cost to them which I thought was amazing but as time has progressed since I've been here in Sacramento um, nearly every single community event I see SMUD is there represented um, which is huge because not only are you all the community owned organization but you seem to have a very active invested interest in the community where does that come from well I'd say it comes from our, our core purpose, which is to improve the quality of life in Sacramento. Um, one of the reasons we sponsor so many events is that we're trying to build relationships with many members of the community and, and so that people uh, can see us as, as a trusted partner in, in trying to figure out how to meet the needs of the community from through a lens of, of energy. You know, I mean, our core business is um, providing electricity to the entire Sacramento community. Um, but that, there's a lot of change that needs to occur because of climate change, because of challenges with um, even just growing how much electricity we use. So we're trying to develop partnerships with a, a whole variety of organizations in the community so that we can reach people who typically um, aren't reached by traditional means of communication. That, that sounds amazing. Now, SMUD is community-owned. So what exactly does that mean? Does it mean that anyone who uses the utility, like if I have a SMUD bill, I own some percentage of SMUD? Or? It's not a percentage. It, it, basically, we're a public agency, so we don't have shareholders. We're, we're actually a government agency, um, and uh, it means that the community ultimately has control um, by voting for the board of directors, and we're directly responsible uh, to, to the community to, to use SMUD's resources, uh, and capabilities to make make their lives better. Now, interesting, um, I recently interviewed on the show Dr. James Reed, who is, uh, he teaches environmental science at Sac State University. And um, one of the things that he was, um, that had just come up in conversation was um, how bad the use of like coal power is in, in relation to the environment, um, to acid rain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have not seen um, any of the power plants of SMUD, I mean, I don't get out very much in that regard, but what type of energy does SMUD uh, generate and what, what like fuel sources? Well, um, currently our largest source is natural gas. They're natural gas-fired power plants. 
Um, I would like to clarify, we don't have any coal-fired power, power plants, and we don't buy any coal, any electricity that originates from, um, from burning coal. Uh, so uh, right now, about 50% is natural gas. We're, our goal is to phase that out in the next, well, by 2030. Um, and then we have a large uh, hydroelectric project up in the Sierra Nevada that by, I think, about 20% uh, of our electricity. We get a lot of our electricity from the Pacific Northwest as well. Uh, where they generate a lot of electricity. That's actually mostly generated by the um, uh, by the federal government. So the, it's called the Bonneville Project, and they have a series of very large dams all throughout the, the Northwest, and we bring electricity down from them. We have some large um, wind um, projects. You can see them in Solano County down near Rio Vista. And we also buy wind from uh, a large project in, in um, New Mexico, which involves, you know, a thousand, over a thousand miles of transmission. But uh, there's, a, there's a large project there. Uh, and we even get some from uh, a project that was built by the Navajo Nation, not wind. That is, there's a hundred megawatt um, project in the Mojave Desert that the Navajo Nation built, and we agreed to take all of their power. So oh, that's, that's amazing. And 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 we're we're working because we need to replace that gas. We're working to replace that with increases in the amount of wind that we that we use or that we generate and then also that we buy. Um, we also have some large projects that we won't own, but that we will buy most or all of the power from in and around Sacramento County that are uh, utility scale uh, uh, power, uh, excuse me, utility scale solar farms. So that's the plan, the, uh, the solar farms and wind power as well as the hydroelectric power is the plan to phase out the natural gas by 2030? Yes. So in, in 20, the year 2020, our board declared a climate emergency, just recognizing all the havoc that's already being caused by climate change, uh, including in our area. And we said, well, and we're not just saying it's a bad thing, we're going to do something about it. And, and we directed our staff to come up with a plan uh, to eliminate uh, carbon from our electricity sources by 2030. So we're the most aggressive um, large utility in the country for uh, um, eliminating greenhouse gas. So we have the most aggressive schedule. So I, I like it. I've seen the wind farms in, us in uh, Rio Vista. Um, yeah. They look way bigger in person than they do on TV. I can say, you know, sure. they are they are huge. Uh, I mean, those those uh, they're so big that those those uh, I don't know those blades they're going around. Apparently, the the tips of those blades are actually going two hundred miles an hour. Wow. Uh, to and uh, but they don't look like they're going fast because they're so big. It, it, it's amazing how, how big those things are. That's and we're going to put bigger ones in now. Bigger than that? Yeah. Oh, man. You guys got ambitions, huh? Yeah. So, Dave, what did you do before you uh, joined the team at Smut? Um, well, for the past 30 years, I, I recently retired from the county of Sacramento. 
I was an environmental scientist there. I worked on water quality um, in what's called the stormwater program. So I did that for a number of years. But in addition, I was more or less a community activist, a youth, you know, sort of representing the needs of my neighborhood. Uh, I and a group of other folks in our neighborhood, which is Fruit Ridge Manor in South Sacramento, we formed a, a neighborhood association back in the 90s. Um, and that got me involved with um, things like city planning, you know, police services, affordable housing, environmental issues. And so I, I, I realized that local agencies are, are play a key role in people's quality of life. And I was very involved in, in a lot of different aspects, of both from a neighborhood perspective, but sort of uh, broader issues that affect many neighborhoods. And you were elected to the board of us, right? Yeah. Um, the, um, we're elected on a four-year cycle. Um, I represent a, a large area in South Sacramento. Uh, I was first elected, the, the election was in 2014, and I took office um, uh, at the beginning of 2015. So I've been in office a little over eight years. I'm just starting my, my third term. Hey, congratulations on that. I think that one of the things that is really amazing about SMUD's board of, the board of directors is one of the diversity there, um, not just ethically, but also in backgrounds. You know, with a lot of different um, organizations, the leadership generally are business people that aren't necessarily concerned with the other aspects of the organization. Uh, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson says that Congress is very much like that. You know, that Congress is a collective body of the people that represents the people. But when you poll all of Congress and say, what did you do for a living before coming to Congress? Up over 70% of them were lawyers. Right, so he's like, where are the scientists? Where are the doctors? Where are the other people that represent the other aspects of society? And so, to have someone who has a background in environmental science and a background in community organizing and a background in speaking for the community to now represent and lead the power structure, physically power structure, of that community is tremendous. Because, it, I mean, and perhaps that's why you guys are leading the way nationwide. Um, and reducing that, and reducing that carbon footprint, as well as diversity. I know um, I've met Dr. Markeisha Weber, Web Webster, yeah. who is um, the chief diversity officer for SMUD. Um, and then you can look at a lot of companies, like you go back home east to Pepco, the Potomac Electric Power Company, and ask them who's their chief diversity officer, and you just wait for the response. <laughs> you know, uh, well, they, we're going to create that position eventually, something like that. Um, so being a person who understands the impact of, of, of not only the industry that you're currently affiliated with, but understanding the impact that that industry has on the surrounding environment as well as the communities, I think would make, makes you ideal to be in a position you are because you don't represent the community itself from a non-selfish standpoint, but then you also are fully acquainted with the facts. So you don't get your information from watching a commercial. Like, you actually t took the time to study it and understand it and learn it. So, let's talk about power and power generation. So, what are we looking for, you know, in the future? Uh, solar power, solar energy seems to be a, a, a very rapidly expanding um, source of, of, of electricity 
um, with and, and Sacramento specifically, did you know that Sacramento has a Guinness record um, as the most sunny city in, on earth in the month of July? Uh, you know, I, I did not know that. Yes, in the month That's of great. in the month of July, Sacramento Sacramento <laughs> County receives more direct sunlight than any other place in the entire world. Um, and you know, coming from DC, one of the first things I noticed here was like, man, the sky seems a lot bigger here, and it's because there's not so many buildings obstructing that, um, and that gives room to lots of people having solar panels on their homes to reduce their electric uh, bills, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. When we get to solar power, hydroelectric, so we've got solar power, hydroelectric power, wind farming as new sources of energy that don't have, um, that aren't relying on carbon to create that energy and fuel source. Um, are there any other exper experimental forms of energy that SMUD is looking into? Well, in the long term, and when I say long term, I mean probably the in, in about 10 years, uh, we expect that hydrogen will be a much more viable form of, of um, energy um, that, uh, that will be used to generate electricity. Um, and, and actually, so hydrogen can be made from sources and it can be made from, uh, from clean sources like wind or solar. Uh, it looks like there's some very large solar projects that might be linked to the generation of hydrogen, especially in areas like the, uh, like the San Joaquin Valley. Some very large solar projects down there, about 175,000 acres of, of land that is sort of set aside for generating, generating electricity because it's not uh, a good place to to grow crops because of drainage and water issues. So uh, the problem is what do you do with when, when you've got so much solar that you can't really use it all at once? And that's, that's always been, a, well not always, but as, as solar, uh, uh, the amount of solar that's installed throughout the state has grown. Sometimes you can't use it all, and you have to either stop generating the electricity or you have to store that energy somehow, either in batteries or by making, making hydrogen. So we think that, um, that that's actually uh, likely to be a big part of our future. It's probably not going to be soon enough to help us uh, with our 2030 goal, but maybe more like 2035 we can start running some of our um, what's currently running on natural gas, we can switch those over and, and uh, run them on, on clean hydrogen instead. So that's one of the major things. Another thing that's really important that, that we're starting to uh, figure out the right level of incentives to encourage more rapid uptake is, is batteries. Um, so providing enough incentive to put into businesses to install um, batteries, what's called behind the meter, so they own it, um, and using that to store electricity when, when solar and other forms of electricity are cheaper, and then using those batteries to run uh, run the system or at least contribute to the system when electricity is one kind of scarce and when it's more expensive, which is the period between uh, five and eight 
during the summer. So the more batteries we have installed uh, in our community, both behind the meter and utility scale ones that we actually own and operate, um, the, the, the more resilient we'll be. Say like if we have another heat storm, like we did last year, which was, you know, an un unprecedented, highest temperatures ever recorded in Sacramento. We really struggled to get enough electricity to get us through that. Uh, if we have more batteries, which we're, we're starting to incentivize, um, that will help us in, in situations like that. And that's occurring around the state. Right now, batteries, though, are, are really, really, exp well, not, they're very expensive. So, um, most people, if they're just looking at it from an economic standpoint, um, aren't able to do it without uh, some sort of assistance. So those batteries, hypothetically, um, if a person had those batteries and they were constantly storing energy, and say a tree fell down that disrupted electricity flow to their home, would they be able to power their home from those batteries? For, for a short while. I mean, most batteries are so expensive that it's hard to have enough batteries. It's not physically impossible, but it's really expensive to have enough batteries to get you through several days. Now, you can have a battery that will get you through maybe, you know, a day or whatever. It depends on what you're running off of it, but it, it definitely would help to, you know, if you're the person that has a battery and the, your neighborhood goes down, you're gonna ha you're gonna be able to, um, you know, keep your charge your phones and your computer, um, and you know maybe keep your refrigerator going for until we get the power back on later on in the day. So there's a there's a big advantage to that. Uh, you wouldn't be able to unless you spent many tens of thousands of dollars. You wouldn't be able to run your home the way you normally would run your home. Uh, at least not for not more than, than an hour or something like but that. But if you so. were to do like things that you would need in an emergency, like you said, keep your phone charged, keep your refrigerator cold, and for something like that, yeah, like emergency you know emergency yeah. mode only, that would be sufficient. For you. Uh, yeah, especially you know the things like the Tesla Powerwall and and similar things that are being installed by some of the solar companies. Those are intended to be sort of a whole house, not whole house battery, but enough to run some of the major things in your in your house for, you know, I don't know, like a day or whatever. But so you can still wash you, your clothes? Uh, you know, washing your clothes would probably be something the lower on the list, but keeping your keeping your freezer running and keep you know, uh, uh, and, and keeping a few lights on. The wash and dryer are yeah. some of the biggest power consumers in the average household. Um, so let me ask you, as we move towards, we and we being a community, a state, and a society, as we move towards more and more forms of clean energy, um, so, so I mean, obviously solar panels as well as the, um, the, the windmills and the dams will require maintenance. Um, but I would imagine that that cost would be less than the constant cost of mining coal or, or uh, extracting natural gas, something like that. So... Let's say, moving forward, like 10, 15, 20 years down the road, do should we expect to see power costs gradually decrease over time as they become more efficient? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I'm, um, I think, you know, when you when you think about coal, so many of those costs are uh, externalized. 
So it's a little bit hard to say, you know, some some of the reasons that coal uh, power has been so cheap is that the environmental impacts and the health impacts of that, you know, both on the miners themselves and then the, the you know, the people, you know, the hundreds of millions of people that are downwind of the coal plants, those aren't factored into the, the cost of power. So it's it's a little hard to say that your electricity cost is going to go down. Um, but um, certainly right now, um, solar is, is, is the cheapest source of, or one of the cheaper sources of, of electricity. And those costs are likely to keep going down. Um, we're going to have to build more transmission, though, so there's that cost. Um, and then, you know, people are also very attracted to uh, solar on their roofs or over parking lots. Uh, those forms of solar, while they have really, you know, some certain advantages to the people who have them because they're going to have power when, you know, if the system is shut down, um, it's very expensive. That's why... Uh, there's some controversy now about the reduction of um, both by SMUD and by uh, uh, other utilities. The reduction of subsidies for rooftop solar, just standalone rooftop solar, um, because because those electrons are so expensive, um, they many people won't put it on unless they have a, a fairly high level of, of subsidy. So we get a lot of... Uh, say we get a lot of criticism that you know that we're we're against solar it's just that the 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 only subsidy that we the only source for that subsidy is people who don't have solar so that would include people who just can't afford the solar or who are uh, renters you know you know, renters never going to be able to to have solar on the roof because they may be the one that pays the electric bill it's a landowner who controls it, and if the landowner puts solar on their roof, then um, you know, the, the the beneficiary would be the rent. So, you know, there there's a disconnect there with uh, sure. who benefits and and who who controls it. So the old Latin phrase "qui bono," so who benefits? Yeah. Yes. So I want to. Um, you made a, you, you brought up something uh, a good point. Last year was a hot, hot, hot summer. Um, and not in a good way, not like the, 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 the summer festival 95.5 is going to be a hot summer. It was a scorcher. Your shoes melt when they touch the ground hot. Um, and realistically, we don't have any reason to not expect a reasonably hot summer this year. Um, there's no signs indicating that we're not going to see triple-digit temperatures. So getting ahead of that, what, um, what recommendations do you make to the community of Sacramento on their power usage to to not overload the grid and not you know cause a, a power strain and rolling blackouts and such which by the way i just want to say shout out to smud because last year my power did not go out at all regardless of how hot it got i had no brownouts i had no blackouts um and in fact only one time last year did my power go out it was like for two minutes during a storm and it was immediately back up so shout out to smud for that um, but I do know that, you know, the hotter it gets, the more people use the air conditioning, which is a massive drain on electricity. Um, businesses use their commercial air conditioning, which is a massive drain on their electricity, et cetera, et cetera. And that, uh, strains the power grid, which can cause a situation where, um, power has to be restricted. So 
what uh, now that we're in March and before it's gonna start getting hot uh, next month, let's let, let, let's talk about what things people could do um, as we approach the August, June, Julys um, that can reduce their footprint on the power grid. Well, a really important thing is is to use energy efficiently during the day, and and also let me say that you know we 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 actually. Pr- Electricity is more expensive between five and eight during those periods, and that's intended to encourage people to use electricity both before and after those periods. A really important tool uh, for people to remember is to pre-cool your house. Uh, one, it, you know, make sure your screens are intact and use um, use the Delta Breeze as much as you can and get that hot air out of your house uh, using the natural cooling of the environment. And in Sa- Sacramento, m- most of the time we, we have a significant drop in temperature uh, in the evening. So use the cool temperatures if you can do it efficiently and safely uh, to, to get rid of the cold air and cool the house down without using you know, any electricity, maybe a fan or something to move it through. Uh, and then we also do uh, energy audits. We can come and look at are there things that you can do to, to make it so that you don't um, un, uh, unduly um, heat up your home. You know, it could be things like, uh, you know, having weather stripping so you're not losing cold air uh, to, to the outside, um, putting on uh, uh, window shades, especially on the south and west side of the house. A little bit longer term, we encourage people to have shade trees. You know, we've had that shade tree program. Of course, you know, if you plant a shade tree this year, it's not going to provide shade for, you know, probably 10 years. But in 10 years, you'll benefit from it. Um, um, you know, so we, you, you can call us and we can have somebody come out and do an energy audit and look, look for things that can help you use energy more efficiently and, and, and also so that you can maintain your comfort. Um, so, um, well, uh, you know, some of those things that I mentioned. And also don't, you know, try to avoid using um, uh, appliances that generate heat during the day that you're going to have to cool, cool down later. Uh, one thing that uh, actually is, is, is very helpful is, is converting from gas ranges or even uh, um, resistance electric ranges to uh, induction ranges because it, you're, most of the heat from an induction range is it's generated right in the in the pot rather than most of the heat from a, ga- a gas range is just wasted. It just heats up your home. So there, there's a lot of different little tools that you can do. I'd say that pre-cooling your house on days that you know that it's going to be really hot is one of the really important things to do. So get it nice and cold and then turn the program your thermostat or turn up your thermostat when it's uh, the hottest part of the day. But if it starts out at a cooler temperature, uh, you're going to be more comfortable or, or at least you won't be spending a lot of elect, uh, money on the most expensive electricity that, you know, that our peak part pricing uh, is, is, is that you're incurring during the five to eight 
peak period. When we come back from our commercial break, we're going to continue our conversation with Dave Tamayo and the efforts that SMUD is making in the Sacramento County area. You are tuned in to Verbal Radio on KUVU 96.5 FM. And now a word from our sponsors. So we can take a little break. We've got to use the rest of anyway. Yeah. That's the first half. And we are back in the studio with Dave Tamayo, one of the board members of SMUD. Sacramento Municipal Utility District. That's perfect. Hey! And I went to D.C. Public Schools, y'all. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Uh, and so um, it's been a great conversation just learning about SMUD. And uh, again, I want to thank you for coming. Um, so let's talk about SMUD's involvement in the community because SMUD does have a lot of programs available um, and assistance in, in, in subsidies and, and things like that. Um, and during the break, you had mentioned that uh, SMUD has a program um, or has several programs that, that will assist people in um, getting ins- insulation in their house, uh, things like that. So if you want to uh, take some time to, to inform people about uh, those different resources that are available to them. Yeah, and for, I'll, I'll start out by saying that if you, um, you know, want to get more information or you want to start start the process you can go to our website which is smud.org smud.org and just type in incentives or um uh you know well it'll 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 get you there so um but uh, the types of incentives that we have are for energy efficiency Um, we want people to use energy efficiently and and it's beneficial both to their pocketbook but it's also beneficial to us. Um, so in the long run, it saves our entire system money if people are using electricity more efficiently. So the types of things that you can get assistance with is adding insulation to your home, weather stripping, um, I mean, and uh, have it putting in a more efficient all-electric uh, HVAC system so that you have more efficient uh, air conditioning, but also you're switching, many people would be switching from a natural gas fired uh, furnace to a, an, an all electric heat, heat pump. Um, and then things for water heaters, uh, induction stoves. So a lot of the different things that we're trying to encourage people to adopt to get away from using natural gas and then using electricity. Uh, and even things like uh, um, chargers for electric vehicles. So we have incentives for that. Incentives for uh, putting in batteries. So you can, you can find out about those. And we do have some special programs that are coming up where we're focusing on, uh, on some of our, um, some of the communities that have been left behind before. So we've been working up in, in Del Paso Heights uh, on some programs focused on that community to increase the awareness and increase access to those programs. We work with uh, organizations like Community Resource Project uh, to help homeowners um, get things installed in their homes for energy efficiency, and we're ex- we're going to have uh, we have uh, we obtained some federal funding um, through special through the con- congressional budget project. We got three million dollars just to focus on Meadowview, uh, which we're matching with three million dollars of our own own funding. 
Um, and we're going to be working with some um, community organizations there and even hiring community members to help us get the word out about all the different types of programs that we have and helping people get those things installed. We, it, it's not just getting people access to those resources, but it's also uh, getting community members trained up to be, you know, get jobs so that they're, so that they're, they're capable of, so that they're going to have jobs in uh, developing the clean energy economy. So, you know, we, we see this as a, as a, an opportunity, to, you know, since our community as a whole has to invest in transitioning to carbon-free uh, electricity sources, um, and, and, and actually just energy even broader. So we're trying to get people to switch from gasoline vehicles to electric vehicles. So we see this as, as an opportunity to train people up so that their, uh, their position to benefit in the, on the long term from that, that transition. That's, that's incredible. If you are, for the folks listening, if you go into SMUD's website, smud.org, um, they've got a whole section where um, you can look at rebates and savings where, where you can purchase things like light bulbs and, and, and uh, water conservation kits directly from SMUD. You can also get um, electric ranges from SMUD. So in addition to just you know giving you an outline on how to save energy or how to move toward clean energy, SMUD has those items at reasonable prices available to you. Um, and will also reimburse you on certain costs or give you rebates on certain costs um, for making those switch to try to uh, boost the community. So I think that's tremendous, actually, because it's not just a, it's not just that we want to make money off of you. It's actually helping. Um, and then the set of price you can afford. I mean, I'm looking at the website right now. They've got a kit here. It's called the Energy Saving Kit. You've got four LED light bulbs, a shower head, a multi-unit power strip with USB inputs and it's all for 22 bucks faucet aerator for two dollars the same thing you go to, you go to you go to home depot and get that same thing you're going to spend more than two bucks for it um and then job creation for the community now that is something that is sorely needed um throughout the county of sacramento um and so those resources are available all through smud and you can find out that information on the website um, now let's talk about some more of the things that SMUD is doing in the community. Um, so SMUD is, 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 has grants available or, or offers uh, or sponsors community organizations, right? Both. So we have um, a grant program, which is called the Shine Grants, and it's typically around half a million dollars a year. And, um, a lot of times the, the projects will have some sort of a energy component, but not necessarily. Um, but we are, um, you know, there's a, there's a formal grant pro application process, and uh, we, we fund uh, nonprofit organizations throughout the community on just a lot of different things that benefit the community in, in many different ways. So, I mean, uh, there, there's a... Um, for instance, we helped uh, uh, an organization in Oak Park um, retrofit their uh, their facilities to make it more energy efficient. Um, there's both a, a meeting hall.
meeting house and, and then also a child care um, facility that we, we help them out with energy upgrades. So um, we've done that in a, in a number a number of uh, organizations. And so I mentioned the, the Shine Grants, which is an, on an annual basis, but we also sponsor many community events. Uh, you know, sometimes they're just community fairs, uh, might be, you know, just, there could be like some sort of an, an, an entertainment thing. That we'll, Part of the reason that we do this, and I mentioned that, that, that you know, our purpose is to um, improve the quality of life for people in Sacramento, but it, once again, it's just having that presence so when people are thinking about, well, what can I do from an energy standpoint to make my life better or make better, make uh, life better for the community around me. We want people to think of SMUD as a trusted partner and a trusted advisor, uh, you know, and, and so when we're getting the message out about, hey, you know, it would really help us if you would, you know, pay attention to our public service messages when it's a heat storm. Uh, and, and so we want to be that, that trusted voice, but we count on the community to work with us to achieve many of our goals. And so that's a one of the reasons that we like to have presence in the community because then it helps um, it helps build that, that feeling of partnership and trust. Well, I definitely can see that. Um, as, I, as we said earlier, I mean, I've seen SMUD represented at more than, like, if of 100 events I go to, SMUD's name is at 95 of them. Um, and that impact in the community is felt. I mean, just looking at the at the breadth of what SMUD is doing in the community, from um, moving towards clean energy to helping people, you know, replace their heat pumps with new upgrades that are electric, to uh, incentivizing incentivizing people to, to, to use more clean energy, um, creating jobs in the community. I mean, the only thing that I haven't heard that SMUD does is 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 housing, is <laughs> create housing. Um, is that something that's on the agenda? <laughs> well, you know, uh, decreasing people's energy burden um, is helps them um, helps their overall of, of affordability of their of their living situation. So there's that nexus. Um, we actually have done things like sponsor. Uh, we work with uh, affordable housing developers such as Mutual Housing, uh, such as uh, Habitat for Humanity, um, Rebuilding Together Sacramento. So we do a lot of things to help people um, repair their homes or even just build new homes. Um, and then we worked with a uh, even a private developer to help them retrofit. Um, it, it's an affordable, affordable housing, um, privately held um, development down in Meadowview, um, and uh, near the Martin Luther King Library there on 24th. Over, I think it's about 250 units that were retrofitted from gas-fired to uh, energy-efficient uh, heat pumps. Um, and uh, it's actually, it's actually the, uh, apparently it's the largest uh, retrofit 
in the country so far, and hopefully, so you know that 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 benefits the people who live there um, and helps keep their costs um, uh, more affordable, their housing costs more affordable. If you're including energy costs in your overall housing budget, which you know, I mean, the two things are are, are very closely linked. Absolutely. So. I mean, I can tell you personally, I used to uh, live in a place called Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, and there we had Dominion Virginia Power, and um, I remember we had got. I, I was at a point where I was looking at four and five hundred dollar a month electric bills, um, and that does become a big part of your budget. I mean, that that for four months at that price, you know, at that time period, that, was, that could have bought a used car for what I was spending just on electricity. So being able to anywhere I can save money enables me to be able to redistribute that money to other causes, to other forms, and other things that I'm doing. Um, man, you guys seem like you got your heads on straight. I mean, I just want to be a part of it now. I'm like, I want to quit the radio, quit House Verbal, and just come on over and be with Smud. I mean, you're we're always looking for good people. So. <laughs> But you know, like like I said, it's it's we don't just do it ourselves. We do it, you know, in partnership with many organizations in the community. So, um, you know, you can help us out just just being what doing what you're doing right spread now. Spreading the word, a, yeah, helping helping us spread the word. So that's a bit, actually what I see as a big part of my job. So, and you know. I'd say when we sponsor events, it also gives me an opportunity to go to those events and and and, and our staff as well. So a lot of times, uh, we don't just give money, but we go and we're part of the event and uh, we make connections that way. And people come up to us with ideas or questions. Uh, radio and shows, even, yeah, radio <laughs> shows. Say, hey, you know, it's like wow, I, get, I <laughs> met this guy who's got a radio show, and and uh, so you know. That's a big part of it. We're kind of like always networking. It's one of the, so I would say that, you know, you mentioned the, your old utility in DC, and there's a huge advantage to being a publicly owned electric utility in that you're, you don't have this, um, our allegiance is to the community. And you, I would say that that's the case for public power providers throughout the country, which are, Definitely in the minority, most people are served by investor-owned utilities, but are and who are kind of forced by the state regulators to to you know fund things here and there or to you know have these various programs, but it's actually in in SMUD and and most most public well any public power um, utility. That's our purpose. That's why the public says we're going to provide this, you know, as, as a, a publicly owned thing for the public benefit. So the, 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 the very purpose of what we're doing is underlies all of that. And it makes us, we, we make different decisions and we have different priorities uh, than an investor owned utility whose primary um, responsibility is actually to their shareholders. So that that's how, that's where that's what their mission is is to maximize um, benefit to their shareholders. Where our our mission is to maximize the benefit to the public. To the community, absolutely right. So let me ask you this question: How did Smud come about? How did, I mean, what, what how did was, was Smud the first power company in Sacramento? 
No, I think it, uh, I don't know what the first one was, but P we took it out the system over from PG&E. So it was being provided, but and, and I'm not sure whether it was one company for all of Sacramento. Those things kind of were the Wild West back in the early 1900s. Uh, I guess it was literally the literally Wild West. West. Yeah. But um, so in 1920, I believe, the state adopted a law that allowed the formation of public power, which also gave local, uh, local jurisdictions the power to take over public utilities through the process of eminent domain. I mean, you can't just take it, you know, because it's their property, so they have to be paid for it. So that law in 1920 enabled it. In 1923, the people of Sacramento voted SMUD into existence. It wasn't until 1946, you know, so there was like, a, I'm sure there was a whole series of lawsuits and uh, foot dragging and then of course World War II that slowed the whole process down. We didn't actually take possession of the, of the system until 1947, uh, I think is when we officially started uh, running the system. Uh, so it took a long time um, because PG&E fought it. So um, they were actually forced under eminent domain to uh, relinquish it. And of course we had to buy it. You know, the community had to buy it. And so once that was done, uh, and, and that was sort of the core of, of SMUD's um, SMUD service area, I think, was, was just the city of Sacramento, and it gradually grew and annexed more parts of the county. Uh, and I think the last annexation was the city of Folsom in the 70s, something like that. And that's all, all had to go through that same process, yeah. Well, the, and, and then there's just a, you know, there's, there's just a whole process that's set up in state law. You know, you have to work through LAFCO and say this is a benefit. So there's a whole process that you have to go through that's going to take several years, even if somebody wasn't going to fight it. Um, we actually tried to annex uh, um, most of Yolo County back around uh, 2007, and that that was going that was required a vote of the people who live there to approve it. So the cities of Davis. Uh, West Sacramento, Woodland, and Winters, and then also people who lived in unincorporated Yolo County had an opportunity to vote on becoming part of SMUD. Uh, and it would have been advantageous to both our existing ratepayers and the uh, and the people who would be annexed. So that had to go through that uh, a, a vote of the people in those areas and then Politically, our board was forced to put it on the ballot in Sacramento um, as well. And, and PG&E, as a private, aid, aid, uh, private entity, was able to spend <clears throat> as much money as they wanted to, and they spent about $15 million to convince the people in Sacramento that it was a bad idea, which they did. So they basically said, SMUD is great. Why take the risk? So the people in, 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 in SMUD as a public agency wasn't able to spend any money on trying to convince people that it was a good idea. They could only just say, well, here's the deal. Here's the facts about it. But um, 
had to remain silent since it was a, a vote of the people in Sacramento. So it was an advisory vote, but I think it was like 70-30 against annexing Yolo County. And, you know, any board is going to say, uh, I guess we're not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it didn't win universally in Yolo County either. I think some of the jurisdictions didn't vote for it, and some of them did. I understand. That, um, well, I mean, that would definitely, you know, one of the good things is that even though SMUD at this point, if, say, that expansion were to come up again, SMUD has built enough of a reputation within a community that the community would speak up and say, yeah, we get to do this, we get to do that, because SMUD is helping us do this. Um, and so maybe those folks over, for all of you guys listening in West Sacramento, just, just want you guys to know that that ziggurat could be lit by SMUD, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, we, we go to uh, various regional events. We go to Cap to Cap, which is a, a, a thing where regional leaders, like from the, the broader region, including Sutter and Yolo and El Dorado County, we go to D.C. Well, I, you know, and venues like that, or even just here in Sacramento where we run into elected officials and other community leaders from, from folks who are being, currently being served by PG&E, um, uh, we get a lot of questions on how do we get how do we join SMUD. A lot of people want to join SMUD because our rates are lower. Uh, we've uh, historically been um, more reliable. Um, you know, we don't have the public safety power shutoffs. Excuse me, and um, I think people are more satisfied with our level of service, so uh, we get a lot of questions from surrounding jurisdictions about about joining SMUD, and specifically ask, will you do it? And, and unfortunately, we're not in a position to do that anymore, uh, although they have other options for... Um, well, they can always yeah. move to Sacramento County. Yeah, I, actually, um, and I'm not... My understanding is that uh, any city or county can pursue eminent domain um, on their own, but then they would run into the same sort of uh, costly, one, it would cost a lot of money to do it, and then just politically it would be a difficult thing to do, but uh, cities and counties have the authority to pursue eminent domain. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, the city of Davis actually made a formal offer to uh, PG&E to buy their system they were uh, they were rebuffed to say the <laughs> least. PG&E said no, uh, but uh, they they did make an offer a few years ago. There are um, other community-owned utilities that you could think of in, yeah, in um, North Carolina. There, there's a number of them. So Roseville, um, there, it's the city of Roseville uh, is is public power. Um, their, their governance, governance model is different, so the, they uh, appoint a board that's uh, eventually um, answerable to their city council. I don't know the exact. You know, I apologize to any Roseville listeners who, who if, I, if I got it uh, um, inaccurate. Many, uh, many of the public power entities, um, both in California and other, other uh, states, um, or appointed boards, boards so they, they may, or it, it might be the city council itself. 
So uh, um, most of them aren't directly elected. Um, we're the sixth largest public power um, utility in the country. And some of them are quite a bit larger. The city of Los Angeles is public power. Oh. Um, the city of Phoenix, not the city of Phoenix, but the Phoenix region is, is served by a, a public utility that's about twice as big as SMUD. Um, and there's other large ones. And there's some very small ones, too. You know, where they serve, like, you know, a couple hundred people. A couple hundred homes, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good model. And we're in contact with, with many of those folks. We're very active in the national organization because um, public power is something that, that provides a really good service to people. And we work together to, to protect our ability to, um, to serve our, our local populations. Dave Tamayo, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, I appreciate SMUD, um, and I'm grateful to have an opportunity to inform uh, our audience about what SMUD is, what you guys are doing, and what ways you benefit and impact the community. Uh, again, since SMUD can't do it, I'll do it. You folks in Yolo County can get SMUD by public mandate. See, that's, that's the one power you guys have as, as the public is the government will do whatever you want them to do if you mandate that they do it, right? So if you guys all get together and start holding up signs and say, we want SMUD, we want SMUD, and when PG&E comes in with their money, you say, no, we want SMUD, then, you know, you can get you some SMUD, or you can just come across that fancy tower bridge and find yourself a nice spot here in Sacramento County uh, where we all just enjoy our benefits here. Uh, I, I, I will say that, okay, so so it's not their decision – you know, it, it would have to be a two-way street. They can't just say, we're joining SMUD, so... Yes, 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 of course. I mean, you can't... Yeah, right, right. I, I want to be clear. It's, it has, it's a long process. You know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Uh, at the same time, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to put a SMUD sticker in your window. Uh, you can get those for free just by showing them to most community events in Sacramento County. Uh, you know, and that, that, that lets at least people know where your heart is, electrically. <laughs> so... Uh, Dave, you got anything else? I just really appreciate the, the opportunity just to share information, have a, a talk with you. So hey, it's been it great. Is, it is our pleasure. Uh, you tuned in to Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM, part of the Access Sacramento family. If you're interested in membership to Access Sacramento or having your own radio show, go to accesssacramento.org. The cost is less than $200 a year. You're guaranteed 12 hours of radio time as well as television time. And you get to chat with like myself. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM.